the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 and still 73 degrees outside. Very good chance of rain during the day, and that we are thankful for. Hey, friends, I'm glad you're here. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your landscape. Just give me a call, 404-872-0750. We'll buzz through these questions and answers and get you a place in line. 404-872-0750. 0750. First comes John in Roswell, Georgia. John, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, man, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I love your show. Thank you, sir. Now, last spring, I planted a bunch of uh, hanging uh, petunias and begonias, etc. Yeah. They really have bloomed beautifully. And instead of throwing them away into the mulch and planting pansies, can I dig those out, put them in hanging baskets or in pots and keep them? in a a nice, warm, sunny place. You know, it's a lot more practical these days to do petunias and begonias than it used to be. Begonias Uh never were all that hard, but for petunias, used to be it was hard as the dickens to keep them alive during the wintertime. But now that the petunias have been crossbred with some of the older wild petunias to give them that nice spreading, mounding habit, they turn Uh out to be more winter-hardy, too. And so it seems to me that, yeah, you can dig up some of the petunias and put them in a pot, and they have to be lit pretty well to keep them happy during the wintertime. But, yeah, it's worth a try, certainly. Oh, good. Okay, well, that's just what we'll do. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, keep them out there. Let me know how it works out, John. Say again. I said, let me know how it works out. I'd love to see what happens. Oh, I will. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We'll see you soon, John. Thanks for calling. Okay. We've got Mike in Dawsonville. Mike joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Michael, good morning. Good morning. What can I do for you? Uh, I was calling because I've got uh, two camellia bushes that I have to trim on a ladder, and also a holly bush at the end of my house that's humongous. Yeah, yeah. I've got to climb up on an extension ladder to trim it. And I was wondering if I could severely cut those down, cut those back this time of year, or any time for that matter, so that I don't have to go through so much to prune them. You know, one of the benefits of age, I think, Mike, is figuring out what you like to do and what you'd rather not ever do again. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you figured that out pretty quickly on, yeah, on the Camellia and the Holly, that, man, I'm just tired of climbing the stupid ladder to get up to prune the darn things. So, yes, you can reduce both of them in size, but now's not the time to do it. If you wanted to do reduce by half, let's say you're going to do by half on the Camellia, you'd wait until after it flowers. For either one, that's probably going to be March, I'm guessing. And so wait till after the Cabalia flowers, and heck, do it in March with the holly as well. You'll have a weekend worth of work in front of you and a lot of stuff to carry to the street. But the time to do it is the first week in March. Okay. Very good. Yeah. And make All it right. small and much. don't let it get ahead of you because otherwise you'll be calling me in two years disgusted with yourself, thinking, Dad, come on, climbing the stupid ladder again. <laughs> yeah, I'll be asking you for help. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, don't count on it, Mike. Don't count <laughs> on it. It's not going to happen. There's too many things in my landscape that I'm tired of doing that I need to get over and either pull them out or prune them down or do something to. One oh, of them. I'm sure. All right. 
Well, thank, thank you very much. You bet. Thanks for calling, Mike. All right. Bye-bye. Ten minutes past the hour, and that gives Jim his turn. Jim's a winder, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jim, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Enjoy your show. Thank you. Hey, uh, so we have Bermuda grass, and uh, we've noticed, or ever since we purchased the house about two and a half years ago, we have about ten spots in the lawn, and it looks like the letter C, where the actual mm. letter part is dead or very thin. Really? And the middle part, it's just real thin grass. And it looks really bad in the spring, but late in the summer, it's like the neighboring grass sort of takes it over, and it looks better. Huh. Any ideas what we can do for this? How big is the C, a capital C or a little ca- l- lowercase <laughs> C are we talking here? Uh, on one side of the lawn, I would estimate they're two to three foot, and we've noticed oh. on the other side of our driveway, one's appearing, and it's about six foot in diameter. Huh. And we've tried insecticides, pesticides, everything, yeah. and nothing's made a difference. We've tried. I'll give you an out-of-the-clear-blue-sky mm-hmm. theory, maybe, possibly. Um, how long have you been in the house, Jim? Uh, roughly two and a half years. And, and before you um, were in the house, were there a lot of trees that were taken down in the lawn area? Uh, so in that general area, there was a magnolia tree when we purchased the house. We had it cut down shortly after yeah. we built the house, so. Here's a possibility, and this is strictly <laughs> Wild Blue Yonder theory. There's a condition called fairy ring, and fairy ring makes very regular-shaped, circular circular dead areas in a mm-hmm. lawn. Many times in a ring, but it can be in G's or C's or <laughs> J's and other curved letters it could be uh, in the landscape. Some big, some small, and they're, it's basically fungus that is decomposing the roots of former things that used to be there. Or it could be, be an existing tree that's weakening, and so the roots are dying, and so it makes a big ring around the tree. They call fairy okay. rings. Sometimes mushrooms grow in them, sometimes mushrooms don't. But it is vaguely possible that these C-shaped things are where various root masses of that old magnolia tree are decomposing, and the fungus that's decomposing them is causing this circular, semicircular, this is a C after all, a C okay. shape there. Mm-hmm. How to figure this out? Now, that's going to be a problem. If you can't just observe any fungal stuff, and maybe, boy, tomorrow would be a fabulous time to do this. Go out tomorrow morning if it rains. Hopefully it'll rain at your house tonight. Go out tomorrow, and (laughs) your family will laugh at you, but you get on your hands and knees and smell. Smell the ground where that sea is. If it's a real funky, pungent, kind of smell that makes you wrinkle your nose, then very likely it is a fairy ring fungus going on down there. Okay. And you may even be able to see the little uh, mycelium, the little um, hair-like white roots going through the thatch of the lawn, of the dead grass in there, too. And that may also be a clue to, say, fairy ring. What okay. do you do? You know, Honestly, one of the ways of combating it is to simply wash the toxin out of the soil. You take a water hose and you spray it. Well, not spray it. You just irrigate like heck in the sea area, and it washes toxin away, and that helps the grass to recover and go green in that sea again. So there's not a, you know anti-fairy ring chemical or anything. It's just simply washing the fungus out. Okay, great. We'll try that tomorrow morning. Hopefully, it'll solve the problem. I'm not Thank guaranteeing that. I'm not guaranteeing that theory has any validity at all. I'm just saying that's <laughs> the only thing I can think of, Jim. So we'll, we'll see. Let me know. Right. Let me know. We'll do. All right. Fourteen minutes past the hour, and Alan gets the turn. Alan's out in Rockdale County in Conyers, Georgia. Hey, Alan. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help, my friend? I have a question about shade tolerant grasses. Yeah. 
I just had an oak tree taken down, and I'm trying to plant some grass. I want to get some below my deck and the steps coming off the deck. Mm. I had done a lot of research and had pretty much decided on the Paradise Zoysia or Cavalier Zoysia. Okay. But I came across, within the last week, a couple of new species that I had never heard of. I just wanted to get your opinion. One is Geozoysia, which supposedly is even more shade tolerant than the Palisades. Yeah. And then I came across a discovery of Bermuda that supposedly will grow in three hours of sunlight. Wow! Get out of Dodge. How much sunshine do you have to work with anyway, Alan? I'd say probably four and a half to six hours. I'm going to lean towards zoysia grass in that case. I just don't think Bermuda is quite to the place that we can say three hours is going to be sufficient. Even the new Tiff Grand and Tiff Tough uh, Bermuda grasses, both of them need, I think, at least five hours of pretty close to full sunshine to do well. Have you heard of this discovery? I had not. No, I've not. But I just don't think, I mean, there are many, many, many things that are discovered, let's put it that way, that are put on the internet that you can find and make lots of claims, but after five years of experience, people say, ah, oh, that stuff didn't work as well as they thought they was going to work. That's not yeah, do quite a well. few years ago, I did went through the same yeah. thing in another area, and I didn't really care what kind of grass I put there, and I found Mercedes St. Augustine, sure. yeah. and that worked pretty well. I'm going to say if you're going to put a grass down, zoysia would be my choice, and any of those very likely has some shade tolerance to them. I'm not going to make a decision of which is which and which is better. It's whichever one you can find. And till the soil first. The key to, to making a plant or a grass shade tolerant is it's got to have a deep root system. That is how it tolerates not having quite as much sun as it would like. And so if you till the areas where you're going to put this sod down, that is the key thing to do, Alan. Till it. Make sure it's nice and soft. Rake it smooth so it's flat. Lay the side on top of it so the roots can really get down deep, and that then helps to balance out the lack of sunshine that is slightly on the on the shady end of things. That's what to do, and that hopefully will give you the, the grass you want and the sunshine that you have. That's what we want to accomplish. Thanks for calling, Alan. It's 817. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a weather forecast that you want. Here's a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, not in the 90s. Are we ha- are we loving it? Yes, we are. Today, the highs go into the upper 80s, not the lower 90s. The 60% chance of rain makes me even happier. And overnight, in the 70s again, it's 73.1 degrees right now. We're looking for a much more pleasant couple of weeks headed toward us than we have had for the last couple of weeks. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Clay is in Johns Creek. Clay joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Clay. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? Uh, well, I've got uh, some carpet roses that I've lost a couple times. They're on a bank in the back of my yard that faces kind of southwest. Yeah. And uh, I plant them, and they look good, and then gradually they just kind of 
lose their vitality uh and over time you know i think i've lost about four out of seven now oh man and uh yeah i can't say if it's lack of water or deer or a combination they're just trying to come up with uh you know what what's the most likely culprit here Mm, if it were deer you'd probably know it because you'd see deer droppings and you'd see deer (laughs) back there too well i I know that they occasionally get it but i don't think that's the primary cause you know, banks are tough, tougher than you realize sometimes because the the soil usually has been eroded off a bank a little bit, so the soil conditions where the rose is planted or any other shrub are planted are not the greatest in the world. Soil, because of the way water accumulates on a slope, the bottom of the slope tends to be a lot moister than the top of the slope. So if you said all the roses at the bottom are the ones that are dying out, the ones at the top are dying out because they get dry, the ones in the middle are just fine, that is... What I observe sometimes on banks is that the water conditions are totally different from top to bottom. So that said, I can't offer any better thing to say than to replace them and put. make sure you do a really good job in amending the soil around it, give a good big dollop of organic matter to the area where you plant them and see if you can get better results from that. Um, uh, and how much water, considering they're on a bank and you know they're not going to retain much water naturally, how much how many gallons a week do you think ought to be putting you on? You know the thing? truth. I love drip irrigation systems, either drip or the um, soaker hose irrigation systems, where you can sort of wind the soaker hose around between plants, mm-hmm. or the drippers where you run out of main line and have little branch lines that drip, 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 drip water to the to the middles. I would say that each plant, once it's in the ground, needs about a gallon every day, and then over the next couple of weeks, you wean that down to about a gallon every two or three days, and then you use your judgment after that to go it down to a gallon every five or six days perhaps but it just is a lot of judgment calls based on how the weather and the rain and everything goes sure. in, your, in your situation okay all right uh, thanks drip for is pretty awesome stuff when you get going with it and can uh, get the emitters set just right it'll water a water well, bank very nicely with no yeah wastage. and i just put that in so uh hopefully this time awesome. it's going to be a, a go so Good thank job, you thanks for calling Mm-hmm. It's 827 at News Talk WSB. More lawn and garden right after news. It's my chance to drink beer and get away from the wife. It's a boy's night out acting stupidly. Say now, baby, David, yo, don't you think maybe how about you and me, yeah? <laughs> well, he partied all night, never made it to our bunks, and I was sitting in the tree stand on a tree day drunk. Wind was blowing 45. Temp 30 below, I was freezing to death, then it started to snow, so I got down from the trees and started heading for the truck, and that's when I seen it there, the 30 point buck. 30 point buck! 30 point buck. 30 point buck. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836 at News Talk, WSB 73. I've said that all morning long. 73 when I came in, 73 when I leave. It's not usually that way. Usually we've added 4, 5, or 10 degrees to it. But today the temperatures, as you heard Brad say, are going to be in the low 80s and showers imminent. That is terrific news. One of the places that I visited this past week to get a little charge for my fall planting season was my local Pike Nursery. And my representative from Pike Nursery, Miss Mickey Gasway, is with us this morning. 
Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. You know what good. looks good in my landscape? What looks good? Echinacea. Oh, I bet it does. <laughs> I bet it does. Have you got some of the new ones, or have you got just the pink ones? Oh, I got the new ones. I got the, well, I don't know. Tomato soup. They're not purple, okay? They're, they're yeah, orange yeah. and yellow and got those sort of pastel colors to them. Awesome plants. Yeah, and your finches will love you pretty soon, too. And got good. that. Got some... Uh, uh, Russian sage, some artemisia, we're looking good, but it's not even time to get fall started planting, but I'm already planting in my landscape. What did you plant? Well, the echinacea and the artemisia. Oh, you just stuff. planted that. Yeah, oh, okay. this week. Yeah, man, looks, man looks pretty good. I've got a couple of places that the begonias, the just plain begonias have kind of shriveled, but mm -hmm. I need to get those out. But everything else, look, we've been concentrating on sod this summer. But well, everything looks pretty good. Speaking of concentrating, we need to concentrate on saving people <laughs> money. So <laughs> what is our pike pick of the weekend? It's houseplants. All the houseplants. Yeah, so in case it gets hot again, you can go inside and stay cooling. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. So we got the African violets, we got this peace plant, we got the uh, various orchids. orchids. Oh, orchids too? Oh, yeah. Orchids are out Pretty yeah. nice. 20% off is a good good saving on them. Good That's deal. That's right. And we've got some that are... If, you know, people come in and they say, well, I don't have good luck with my houseplants. It, it, it's just like anything else. It's getting the right houseplant, the right plant for the right, usually light yeah. in your house. Yeah. If yeah. you've got real low light, you need to get a low light plant. If you've got high light, you, you can... Do most any of them. So. What do you think yeah. is the low? If you if someone came to you and said, "I want a house plant, but I don't have a lot of light," what would you recommend, Mickey? ZZ or Sansevieria. I mean, mother-in-law's tongue or um, uh, Pothos. Those are the three that'll do in almost in the dark. And you said ZZ plant. I love that. One. That mm. one is great. We've got one in um, um, uh, the, or in the girls' bathroom. It's store it gets no light it turn the lights off in between and it, it does that it looks great can you pronounce the scientific name of the no ZZ i plant? cannot zamofolia that's why we always call did it the zz plant that? i did practice that i, that. I know you did I, no I, I knew it was something weird but i didn't remember zz uh, plant but you're right very shade tolerant very shade tolerant. It, it, it's a great plant it really is and it looks and there's i've got one in my bedroom it's a miniature i don't know if we've got any more of those or not but it's in a little thing and it does good that's great. So, all yeah, right. Houseplants of any size, shape, form, and feature, and some shade tolerant, some not so shade tolerant, some blooming, some not blooming, orchids included, the whole thing. All you have to do is go to the cashier with your cart loaded up and say, this is all 20% off. Mickey said so. That's right. All the houseplants. So tell the cashier that that is the pike pick of the weekend. All the houseplants are. Get a little uh, houseplant. Excuse me, houseplant fertilizer to fertilize uh, yep. as you put them in and give them a nice pot to be pretty. And we've made a whole big improvement, and we haven't gone outside and broken a drop of sweat. That's right. If you have any questions about it, um, we've got there that we've got some really good houseplant experts at every store. So be sure and ask if you you know if you're having some issues. Be sure and ask because we would love to help you with it. And uh, classes, we got one coming up in a couple of weeks. we got one, class. isn't it next week? I think it's next Oh, the 27th, week. you're right. Yeah, next week. Yeah. And it's for new gardeners, for beginning gardeners. So that'll be 9 o'clock, all pike locations. That's right. So I hope it, they've got a week to plan for it. So uh, be sure and come back. 
First-time gardeners, those looking for a refresher, Pike Nurseries offering a free class focus on gardening basics just in time for the fall growing season. I'm reading my liner right here. And something sometimes we don't don't say is sometimes we just have people that are new to the area that have been gardening up north or have been gardening in South Florida or in California. And sometimes a lot of it is the basics are the same, but a lot of it timing and things like that. Sure. So that's a great class for them as well. Sure, indeed. That's great great advice. So beginner gardening class next Saturday, all Pike locations, and 20% off today, today and tomorrow, I should say, are all houseplants at Pike locations everywhere. Good deal. So where do we find any location and find out all the information about Pike Nurseries, Mickey Gazaway? At pikenursery.com. Obviously. When is the first Alabama game? Week after next, isn't it? Week after next. All I right. Was, I, I, I meant to ask Stan this morning because I knew he was going to ask. Roll Tide. Roll Tide and go dogs. We'll see you soon, Mickey. Later. Bye. Of course, News Talk WSB is the home of the dogs, and we love Alabama except when they're playing Georgia. At least Mickey does. Bridget in Jonesboro, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Bridget, hi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. How can I help, Bridget? Um, my husband just recently passed, and I have a family member that wants to send me um, some plants, like from the Seed of Life website. Huh. And um, she gave me some options, or I had thought of some. Okay. And I just wanted to know, since I've never planted, um, if these trees, if it's the right season to plant them, huh. and um, how would they work? Because she said she looked up and she thinks that I'm in a zone three. She, I think, I guess she was asking questions. So the trees are an olive tree, fig tree, a southern magnolia, and I think the dogwood would probably be fine here. Yeah. So those are my options. I would count out the olive tree. Olives are not going to grow well here. And I would say that we're zone 7, if she's looking at the same hardiness zone map that I am. Okay. We're generally considered zone 7 for hardiness and winter cold and that sort of thing. But I don't see any reason why a fig wouldn't work here. Figs, southern magnolia, dogwood, yeah, of course. They all would be fine. Okay, um, this will be my first time planting. Do you have some tips? Because I've know never I do. planted a tree before. <laughs> <laughs> you know I do, Bridget. Um, let's see. First thing, Mickey made a sort of a reference just a minute ago. The first thing you're matching a plant to is the amount of sunshine that it likes and wants to get. Dogwoods would prefer to be a little bit of shade in the afternoon. Southern magnolia can be full sun. Figs can be full sun. So you got that. Second thing is to match the size of the tree with the amount of space that you have. There's no sense in putting a magnolia next to the house because it's going to get really big someday soon. So you match the space that you have to where the dogwood, maybe a dogwood would be more appropriate next to the house. And the third thing is to dig a nice wide area, not a hole exactly, but you take a shovel, stick it in the ground, and just loosen the soil. Loosen, loosen, loosen. Just stick it in, flip it over, stick it in, flip it over, stick it in, flip it over until your back hurts. But when you've loosened an area about six feet in diameter, you can plant your tree, your fig, your southern magnolia, your dogwood, whatever, in the center of that loosened area, and then mulch over the top with about an inch of pine chips, and you are off to the races. Oh, okay, that's great. Shouldn't be any problem at all. And are they? Do they have to be shipped now, or could we wait until September, October, maybe, Bridget? Okay, I can. She just wanted to know. She was concerned. She didn't know if it was getting too late for her to ship it. But if it's better, I can tell her to wait until September, yes. October to ship it. I wait till September, October, and plant it. Then it'd be a lot happier. The plants will be a lot happier too. Okay. 
All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I hope to hear from you soon with other questions, Bridget. Beginning gardening questions are what I love. Thanks for calling. Okay. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Okay. It's 44 minutes past the hour, and Judy is up in Waleska, and she joins us on the Lawn and Garden. Hey, Judy. Hello there. You know me from the chicken stuff. Oh, hi, Judy. How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. Um, I wanted to know, we up here in Waleska, we've put up a lot of uh, fruit trees. And like the man before you said, the pears, I had two that were just on the ground. They were so heavily laden. So I understand I've got to take some and take them off, but also... I need to prune them. I, I was always told you prune or plant trees in the fall. Am I correct? I think it's better or, to prune them in the wintertime when there's just no chance of any warm weather ahead of you. So January or February, they do fine. Oh, okay. You do it in the wintertime. Yeah. Okay. So should I break it? T- should I also prune the that were so heavy that are laying down kind of on Ooh, you're breaking up, Judy. I'm not hearing you. I think Judy has gone, G-O-N-E, gone. But basically, Judy, you prune in the wintertime when it's cold. And for details on the shape, and this is reasonably important to get the shape of the tree right, you try for a central leader with branches coming off a central leader of the tree. And I have pictures, at least the University of Georgia brochure that I include on my website has pictures of how to prune an overgrown apple and prune an overgrown pear. And so if you go to WalterReeves.com and type apple, or pruning apple probably would be better to the, to the best page. And so pruning apple will take you to the University of Georgia page, which gives you an old pear that they prune up and make it look a lot better than it was before. And that's where I would get the information about how to do that correctly. I think we could get David in real quickly here. David and Conyers, join us. Join us, so David, on the Lawn and Garden Show. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Let's go I quick. I've tried to water my Bermuda this year, and, of course, with the dry weather, I haven't put enough water on it. It's getting thin in areas. Okay. What is there is still green, looks good, but what, I, if, if the weather turns around and it starts getting correct, uh, what, what do I need to do to get it to come back full, full blow? When did you last fertilize? Uh, in spring. In the spring, sir. Bermuda needs to be fertilized three times a, three times a year, at least. And so okay. that's the first thing I would do is as soon, maybe as soon as you get home this afternoon, if the rain looks like it's coming through Conyers, I think you need to be out, David, with the fertilizer spreader, putting fertilizer out. And that is going to do more than anything else to turn that Bermuda around. As soon as it gets watered in, the fertilizer is watered into the soil and the roots start absorbing it, then the Bermuda takes off and has enough time, I think, between now and the end of September when things will slow down to get a good start on covering, recovering the dead areas. Okay. All right, sir. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your help, sir. Nothing to it, and drive safely, David. Thank you. We'll see you soon. That's one of the things to remember about lawns. They require regular, adequate fertilization. You can get details at WalterReeves.com, or you can follow one of the programs. The Scott's program, of course, is one. Pike has some wonderful lawn fertilizers as well, but you got to fertilize them regularly. Just one time a year doesn't make it. It's 848. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Come on, Hank Hill. Turn it around. Attaboy. Yeah. 
Yep. Nope. Not going to do it. Yeah, we love Hang Hill. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Something we have been waiting for for weeks and weeks and weeks, which is a high temperature that does not begin with the number 9. Today, the high temperature begins with the number 8. Upper 80s this afternoon, great chance of rain throughout the day. Lows tonight in the mid to upper 70s. Your full weekend forecast comes within 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Jeff comes up right this very minute from Cumming, Georgia. Hey, Jeff, good morning. Good morning. Morning. How can I help? Well, uh, I'm going to ask a yard question. I've got mushrooms in my yard of yeah. every variety and every size wow. and multiple colors. And awesome. they pop up day, and I pick them every day. And I was just wondering if there's anything I can do about that. Uh, you need the one-word answer, or you need an explanation? <laughs> the word, I like the explanation. <laughs> <laughs> the one-word answer is no. You can't do anything about it. Because the mushrooms are there because some fungus is decomposing thatch or roots underground or something that's organic in the soil. And when that fungus decomposes it, it gets happy and wants to reproduce like everybody else in the world. It gets happy and thinks, how can I have sex? And so it sends up a mushroom, which has spores, which is how I'm... A fungus uh, reproduces itself, and so you can't do that. It doesn't want to doesn't want to not reproduce, of course. So that's what's going on. That's why the mushrooms are there: moisture, organic matter, fungus to start with, and boom, de boom, you got mushrooms. Well, there you go. Well, uh, I'll just keep picking them every day then. Pick them, hit them with the golf club, you know, run over the lawnmower and <laughs> make that big. <laughs> sound as they go out the side of the lawnmower. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, but you can't stop them from, from happening. They're going to be there as long as we have moisture and warm temperatures. It's going to happen. Well, okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Jeff. Thanks for calling, man. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the way it is, the way of the world. Mushrooms happen because a fungus got happy and wants to have a little bit of fun. And you can't keep a mushroom or a fungus from happening by spraying or doing mushroom be gone or anything like that. Those mushrooms are going to be in your landscape the way they want it. It's been a great Saturday morning. I have so enjoyed being here this morning because I got to work with the lovely, the talented, the smiling, the anti-grumpalump, Miss Ashley Frasca. Yes, indeedy weedy. And because I get to work with the genius in music, Mr. Scott Maxim, who found those wonderful songs that we played earlier this morning. What was that weird one you had earlier this morning? The 30-point buck. The 30-point buck. That was indeed one of my favorites from the entire morning long. The Karen Savoka down in the dirt. That was nice as well. Thank you, Scott. If you didn't get your questions answered today, you can go to my website, WalterReeves.com. You can follow me on Facebook, on Twitter. On Pinterest, you can sign up for the email newsletter that comes out every couple of weeks. I think you'll enjoy that as well. Otherwise, right now, the Home Fix-It show straight ahead. I see the smiling face of Dave Baker outside the studio. We'll see you right here again next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden. <laughs>